Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. So we have uh, some normal hockey take for you. Uh, we got Preds versus Canadians tonight. Big honor for Philip Forsberg. Winter Classic. Um, you know, all that good stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But um, if it seems like we're a little low-key today, um, we are. And, you know, it's, to be honest, a little like whatever kind of doing this podcast last night. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, I live in Cincinnati, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you uh, saw what happened in the Bengals-Bills game last night. Um, And uh, long story short, I was was at the stadium for that. Like, there's a bunch of happy pictures of me tailgating before the game, and – yeah, and then it just kind of devolved into nothing. And I'm certainly not trying to to make this about me, but I mean it was certainly kind of surreal uh knowing that like, you know, one second you're, you know, tailgating with your friends and the next second this game you're looking forward to uh kind of yeah, kind of kind of just collapsed. Um, you know, obviously our thoughts are with DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, for those of you who, who didn't see what happened, you know, long story short is DeMar Hamlin was involved in the collision, um, wound up collapsing, it looks like, from the Buffalo Bills. We now know he he suffered a cardiac arrest after the hit. Um, if you're an old school hockey fan, um, you know, the, a lot of you may kind of think back to, you know, the Chris Pronger incident back in, you know, 1998, taking the puck to the chest and then kind of suffering something similar. Um, you know, it, it sounds like that. And obviously, you know, for, for updates on that, for updates on the game, uh, you know, locked on Bengals, locked on Bills, locked on NFL, um, you know, locked on uh, Pitt Panthers, you know, where DeMar Hamlin went to school. There's plenty of coverage on that. Um, you know, starting, you know, later this week. So be sure to tune in for updates if you want that. But, um, you know, Anne and I kind of debated on how to start the show because I was, I was just not feeling uh, a show today, folks. Uh, but, you know, we, we decided to move on because there is some cool hockey stuff uh, to talk about. But I, I want this to just kind of be, and, and I don't want to make this a grandstandy kind of thing, but I think – you know, when you watch what happened last night, it is, I think, a very good reminder for everyone, for everyone, for fans, for leagues, for podcast hosts like us, for bloggers, for anybody covering the team, that athletes are human beings. They're, they're flesh and blood. They have families. They have feelings. They have people in the stands that care about them. They go home. 
they have hobbies, they have loved ones, they have lives just like you and me outside of the ice. And I think that sometimes it's really easy to forget that. You know, we live in an age where, you know, people have Twitter and are living and dying by how well their how well their team does. You know, there's, you know, a big, you know, push towards, you know, online sports betting and stuff like that. And people are invested financially, obviously, uh, fantasy sports, you know, um, you know, you, you talk college athletes and, you know, recruiting and NIL being a big thing. And it's just you know, there, there's big, you know, investment basically everywhere, you know, from pro sports to high school sports. And I think that sometimes it's easy to get lost that these, you know, if, if they didn't shoot a puck, if they didn't throw a football, if they didn't kick a soccer ball that, you know, if they didn't do that, they would still be, you know, human beings trying to navigate life just like us. And, you know, Anna and I, you know, we read comments online sometimes and, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the moment, you know, your team loses a game or, you know, a player makes a mistake, you know, we see comments and, uh, you know, a lot of them are just unnecessarily mean sometimes. Um, you know, whether it's towards a coach, whether it's towards a player, you know, there, there's one thing to, you know, criticize play. I get it. They're professional athletes. They live kind of in a different realm. Uh, when you're in this business, you have to be open to some criticism. But, you know, the stuff we see is just like beyond like normal criticism. The stuff we see is sometimes just, you know, overly mean, like, you know, stuff that's not like, you know, has to do with hockey anymore, just like, you know, stuff about the person, stuff about them being a waste of space. And you know what, for as much as we talk about, oh, you know, pro athletes are tuning that out, not always, you know, and, you know, if you talk to any, any professional athlete, um, any pro athlete, you know, we've heard a lot of Nashville Predators talk about this in the past. They do see a lot of the online chatter, whether it's, you know, them firsthand, whether it gets back to them, you know, they, they do see what's going on and it's, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know the best way to wrap this up, but, you know, it's when you see something that happened last night uh in cincinnati it, it's hard not to kind of correlate that to athletes overall and you see the outpouring of support and you see players crying not just for their teammate but for their friend their buddy that it kind of hits home that look these are human beings first and athletes second you know nobody is defined by their job mm -hmm. and I, I think that's a lesson that I would implore all of you to maybe practice a little bit. Um, you know, whether, whether you already do that or not, I would just ask everybody, just keep in mind that these are human beings um, doing a job. And, you know, maybe uh, if more people could kind of empathize with that fact, you know, maybe sports would be, you know, a little bit of an easier place to cover sometimes. 
Um, and uh, again, best wishes to DeMar Hamlin, best wishes to Buffalo Bills fans, Cincinnati Bengals fans, um, anybody, you know, who watched what happened last night and, you know, had the own similar experience or, or an experience with somebody they loved, um, you know, anybody who had to kind of relive trauma after seeing that last night, um, best, best wishes to you. Um, we're going to take a little break. We are going to talk about hockey, uh, predators play tonight, Philip Forsberg, big honor for him. Um, so, you know, we are going to get some hockey stuff going. Uh, but first want to mention today's show is sponsored by betonline.net betonline.net your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season basketball world cup got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts like this one you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts all right, Ann, it, it feels like the Nashville Predators uh, are kind of entering do-or-die territory a little bit. I mean, we know where they are in the standings. We know where they are compared to the rebuild. And it seems, we, you and I talked about it the other day, January is kind of a gauntlet. We're so focused on December being a gauntlet for the Nashville Predators that uh, – we kind of forgot, hey, January's tough too. And look, they play the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Uh, Montreal Canadiens are closer to contending for that number one overall draft pick than, you know, probably anything in the playoffs right now. But the Preds haven't always played well against the Canadiens in the past, a team that seems to have their number. Yeah, tonight is one of those games where you want to walk into it feeling really, really confident but there's still a little bit of a like, okay, kind of a, a moment. So tonight would be, it's a great opportunity for the Predators. Tonight would be a really great chance for them to continue to build some momentum, to continue to clean up some things that we've seen improvements on in previous games. Tonight could be a really great opportunity for the Predators to gain a little more confidence and to be ready for this January schedule that is just as hideous, quite frankly, as the December schedule was. Um, so tonight is a great opportunity for the Nashville Predators, but tonight is also, it is not necessarily going to be any sort of a cakewalk for them either, in the sense that, you know, like you said, Montreal maybe has not been the most competitive team as of late, but still the Predators have sometimes had some trouble with them. You know, they've got a lot of weapons for a team that has the record that they have, bless their hearts, as we like to say. Uh, they are 15, 19, and 3. They are 2, 7, and 1 in their last 10 games. So they're kind of struggling through it a little bit. Uh, great opportunities for the Predators tonight on a number in a number of um, areas of the game. But they also, they've got to be on their game because they have Cole Caulfield, uh, we'll get to see Yuri Slavkovsky, which, you know, for those of us who like 
you know, watching kind of the prospects and entering into the league. It'll be really interesting to sort of get a chance to see him on the ice. But Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, that top line, uh, very good offensively. They've combined for 41 goals. So Nashville, this is not a, a game that they can look past, even though it might be tempting to look ahead in January and, and focus on what do we need to do for some of these top teams. You need to not overlook Montreal tonight. Yeah, and Montreal uh, is a example of a team maybe on track for a fast rebuild because mm-hmm. you see the core, you see a future core already there. You know, w- with guys like you mentioned, Cole Caulfield uh, is you know after a couple maybe a little bit of a rough rookie year last year, starting to come into his own. Remember, everybody was kind of already handing him the Calder Trophy last year. Uh, and he he struggled a, a great bit, and this year he's finally found his stride with 21 goals. Uh, that Kirby Doc trade is starting to look, you know, he he's had a very hit or miss year, uh, but you you do see, you know, maybe signs of a really good middle six center. Uh, and then you know Nick Suzuki, this was another guy who um, a lot of people you know kind of pencil in as you know a superstar, especially during that Cup run. Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, and then yes. turns around, you know, a little bit of a down year, and now he's back, and you're starting to see the core that the Montreal Canadiens are going to build around. You know, obviously Slavkovsky's there, um, so you definitely see something going for the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, it's just a matter of who else they had to that core in the draft, um, what you know prospects and stuff they can get. Um, you know, trades and whatnot, but you're seeing the building blocks there for the Montreal Canadiens. So when you talk about teams that you look at now and say, this is a team that's going to be, you know, something to contend with, you know, five years from now, if the Canadians can keep building and maybe find some other young players around, they need to do something on defense first. Uh, Obviously our boy Shea Weber's not there anymore. Uh, Carrie Price is in the net. So, you know, if they can find some depth up front and maybe some stuff in the back, this is going to be a tough team. Like this is going to be a team to watch, you know, five, six years down the road. Yeah. And even now, this is actually a really fun team to watch. We talked about offensively with, you know, Cole Caulfield and these weapons that they have, but you kind of hit the nail on the head when it comes to defense. This is a team that uh, opponents are putting up a lot of goals on. They're coming off of a nine to two. I had to double check that. I had to double check that. A nine to two loss to the Washington Capitals. Um, But they have had teams put up four or more goals against them in December. Edmonton did. Vancouver did. LA Kings, Anaheim, which Anaheim we've seen, they, you know, that they, they've got a lot of offensive weapons, but Tampa Bay, Dallas, Florida, Washington. This is a team that doesn't really have, they really have to rely on goaltending, which has been okay. Um, But defensively, they're going to need to rebuild in that area. And that's one of those opportunities, I think, for the Predators tonight is we're seeing Philip Forsberg hitting his, kind of hitting his stride, getting, you know, his Swedish swing in. So this is a really good opportunity for some players to continue to build on that and maybe to see some of these players that are struggling to find the back of the net um, to have an opportunity to kind of break through and, and gain some offensive momentum against them because just defensively bless their hearts. Yeah. Bless. yeah. 
Yeah, just follow uh, our Alberta Scott Matla on Twitter or uh, our Locked On Habs friends if you want to see how that nine to two game oh. unfolded. Um, you know, you mentioned Philip Forsberg. Got some news yesterday. Philip Forsberg, number one star of the week. Uh, he was our star in our plus minus segment yesterday. I'm not sure which one of those honors matters to him more, but oh, I think we know. Points. Yeah, seven points in the last three games. Just wait until uh, he gets that box of Duchess cookies in the mail. Then, then we'll see uh, what he values a little bit. That's right. Um, you know, you talk about Philip Forsberg, number one star of the week. He is red hot right now. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it. I agree with you. I think that is going to be the key to a game tonight is can the big guns keep firing? Because, you know, you look at the Canadians goaltending, not that great. Jason, uh, Jake Allen, their starter sub 900 save percentage. Uh, their backup, Sammy Matumbo is right kind of on that line. Um, you know, this is an opportunity if you're the Preds to look at Matt Duchesne, to look at Roman Yossi, who are equally having, um, you know, not at the level of Forsberg, but some decent last few games. Yes. Look at those guys and be like, you know what? If this is, if we look at this game as a confidence builder, I mean, this can be you. Like, this can be the game where you find your stride. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the key tonight is look at the Predators players that are struggling. Um, or have been struggling this year. Ryan Johansson uh, yeah. is one, uh, at least scoring-wise, kind of not where he was last year. Um, Nino Niederreiter has cooled off a lot from that hot start he had in the year. Uh, you look at somebody like Tanner Janot, who hasn't scored a goal in um, about a month and a half now. You look at that and you say, okay, I wonder if I can put these guys in position to score tonight. You know, if I'm John Hines, you know, I'm wondering if I put – Tanner Janot, maybe get him, you know, some net front power play opportunities. Yes. Switch things up to, you know, give Ryan Johansson, you know, some good chances to score also on the power play, you know, just to try to get some of these guys going a little bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's going to be opportunities for that, especially on things like the power play. Uh, Because right now, Montreal, they're last in the league on their power play. Their penalty kill is also not terrific. And I think Nashville, for as poorly as they rank right now on the power play, they are finding some momentum on the man advantage recently. And so if you could plug a couple of those people in, I love the idea of Tanner Janome net front on the power play. We saw just brief glimpses of it in the preseason and it hasn't kind of grown into what I had hoped it would be during the season. So that might be, like you said, a great opportunity for some of these players who really need to kind of get their game going. This could be, you know, a game where they can do that, but they can't make careless mistakes because Montreal is a team that will capitalize on things like turnovers in the neutral zone. Those kind of things, the predators can't be sloppy, need good execution, and then, you know, take advantage of the opportunity that this game gives these players. Yeah, you want to take advantage of the opportunity because we don't want to be sitting here tomorrow uh, talking about how the Predators lost uh, to one of the worst teams in the NHL. And you know what? To be honest, I don't think the Montreal Canadiens fans (laughs) want to be sitting here talking about that either. I think... If we asked our friends at Locked on Habs, they also wouldn't mind seeing a Nashville Predators win tonight. 
Yes, I think they have a different plan, a different vision for their next season than maybe where the Predators are contrary to what people want. So I don't, it may be just a full-blown, everybody's rooting one-way game tonight. We'll have to see. Yeah, I see the, uh, like, the the Nashville Predators fans who want to tank and the Montreal Canadiens fans like that South Park episode where nobody wanted to play uh, baseball for the summer. So they're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to lose. No, we're not. You guys are a bunch of winners. <laughs> I, I picture that scene going on tonight. That's that's what's going to be happening behind the scenes tonight. A hundred percent. We're going to talk a little bit more about Philip Forsberg and what's going on with him and get everybody ready for tonight's game. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. Now, go and make sure you check out Locked on NHL Prospects. We've been talking about Yuri Slavkovsky. We're going to be getting you ready for the NHL draft, which is coming up. Wait for it. Where's it coming up? Nashville in June, baby. So you want to be sure you're ready with all of the information on all of these prospects we're going to be talking about when that comes around. So check out Locked on NHL Prospects. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I realize I pointed to Nashville, uh, like pointed us. I was like, it's coming here, and then realized the was wearing a shirt with a different city. But hopefully yeah. you guys at home realize yes. what we're going for. It, I'm it's... so excited for this. We 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 may get to like cover the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to bake so many cookies. Yes. For all of these young players. Like I need to start baking and freezing cookies now for these youngins because they will all deserve them. Hear me out. Instead of the draft jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out on stage, you're there, and you have like a little gingerbread man sugar cookie <laughs> with their with their name and number on like their new team. And yeah, like, 100% I, they would want that over a jersey. Yeah, like Connor Bedard, that's got to be like what he envisioned, right? Like when he gets drafted by the Coyotes or something, just like <laughs> a little like, a little like, Kachina frosting style thing with you know Bedard on the back and you know what that would be amazing I was just thinking smaller I was thinking when they stopped by to chat with us I would just have a plate of Duchess cookies out but if you want me to go big I've got time to learn some skills I mean it's the draft right we gotta go big I mean we don't we don't want to we don't want to do it halfway but no I definitely think we should have Duchess cookies with us and just offer them yeah exactly um, one, one more quick thing on Forsberg, uh, because I also want to talk about the winter classic last night, yeah. uh, which a lot of people kind of forgot. And that is a reason that I want to talk about it. Um, but one more thing on Forsberg, uh, uh, obviously we see he's hot. He's had a pretty hot past couple of weeks. Um, do you think, Anne, you're kind of seeing the Forsberg you expected to see this season, or is this just another hot run? Have you seen enough to kind of be like, okay, he's back to where we need him to be. He is that eight and a half million dollar player we expected. I do think that he is the eight and a half million dollar player we expected. I I do think that he is that good of a player. And I understand, you know, kind of the above the average, you know, well above expected goals that he scored last season. So I understand too that that's kind of outside of the the norm, but I do think that Philip Forsberg really is that talented. And I, 
I read something and I can't remember where I read it. So I apologize for not giving credit, but somebody was writing about Philip Forsberg, his big week, how he's warmed up, these great goals, his new contract. And they're saying, can you imagine him on any other team that wasn't just, you know, struggling to make the playoffs, how he would be, you know, so much of a bigger name in the NHL. And I was like, number one, ouch. (laughs) Number one, step off. Step off, check yourself. (laughs) But he really is, I really do think that he is that talented. And I think it's taken a while to kind of find where he needs to go. And, you know, I know I just assumed that Granlin, Duchesne and Forsberg would stay together this season because they were so successful last season. And I think that John Hines really tried to keep that and it just, for whatever reason, hasn't been working. So kind of shifting some things around as much as we hate the line blender, I think maybe that has helped get Forsberg going. I think once he's going, he's going. I think once you wind him up, he's just going to keep going. So I'm not super concerned that he's going to cool off and we're going to go back to where we were. How much of that is wishful thinking? I don't know. But I really do think that he is the player that we're seeing now. Yeah, you just hope he doesn't have any of those uh, like cold snaps uh, that he's had in previous years. Yeah. Um, you know, Kind of hoping last year, um, you know, after November was healthy and was able to kind of maintain uh, his level of production all the way through, um, you know, it, it's there. We, we're hoping that's there this year for sure. Um, NHL Winter Classic. It was last night. Um, and it was, was it yesterday afternoon? It yesterday, was yesterday late afternoon. Late uh, afternoon. There we go. Here, here's the thing. This is this is what we want to talk about. So first off, really good game. Uh, Bruins beat the Penguins at Fenway Park. Love really that. cool introduction. I mean, they had the Boston Pops Orchestra playing, shipping up to Boston. Um, you know, they had the Black Keys performing with the Boston Pops, which, if you don't know, Black Keys sing the Predators' goal song. Come on. Half of it. So what are you doing? They're also not from Boston. So what was that about? Why can't we get these guys to Nashville to do something? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of cool pomp and circumstance. You know, the Bruins and Penguins both got off the buses going into Fenway Park in throwback baseball jerseys. Love. Uh, the, the Penguins had like these like 19, you know, 80s Pirates jerseys. Um, you know, Bruins walked in with uh, like 1930s Red Sox jerseys. It was really, really fun. Um, but it just seems like a lot of the buzz from the Winter Classic is gone. And I can remember those early days of the Winter Classic. The first time uh, it was in Boston at Fenway Park. Yep, Boston's now had like 20 Winter Classics. Wow. Um, the first time it was at Fenway Park and they played the Flyers. And the first time the, the Red Wings uh, played the Blackhawks at Wrigley Field. And then, of course, uh, the big one that a lot of people remember, the Sidney Crosby uh, shootout winner back when they played the Buffalo uh, Sabres. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's we, we still see clips of that Crosby shootout winner to this day. And it seems like it was always a must-see event like you know that was like you know the cool thing nhl would shut down and talk about it and it just seems like that buzz is gone now and and is it just because there are so many winter classics i mean keep in mind 
This is this is always on New Year's Day going head right. to head with some of the biggest bowl games. And yet it would still get a lot of eyes on it. Like it would still like hold its own. Now it just kind of seems like a footnote in the NHL. And, and what do you think? Do you think it's kind of lost that sort of special novelty? And why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. And here in full confession, I missed it. And I rarely miss hockey games, period. If there's hockey on, ask my husband. He drives him nuts. If there is hockey on, I'm watching hockey. I just missed it. Um, and I don't know that I would have really registered that it was happening, except that I follow a couple of great people on Twitter who are huge fans and who got to go to the game. I don't know that I would have even registered it. And part of it is I didn't see a lot of it advertised by the NHL. I don't know. And again, have I missed it? Things have been a little hectic in the Kimmel house the last couple of weeks, but I don't know that it was advertised. And I also do think there is something about moving it off of New Year's Day, because that's part of the mystique. That's part of like the cool about it. Is well, they, they moved it this year because NFL Sunday. Yeah, um, you know, they, they, move, they move like stuff like the Rose Bowl for the same reason. Yeah, I still yeah. And I didn't like that either, just as a Penn State fan. But just in case anybody wonders who won that game, Penn State won that game. Um, but I don't know there. I, I feel what you're saying. And I don't know why, because it really is an amazing idea of an event. And it's almost like one of those things where I'm like, do you need to take a couple years off and bring it back? I don't know. For me, the Winter Classic lost something, compliments of Corey Perry. Like, I've had a bad taste in my mouth about, about the Winter Classic since then. I don't know, though. I, I agree with you, though. It just felt like something that is so kind of magical in the NHL that just didn't feel as maybe magical this year. And I can't, I don't know. What was it? What did I miss? I don't, I don't know if it's just because there's so many winter classic games now. Like, I mean, there's a winter classic every year and that used to be like the marquee thing, but now you have like the heritage classic in Canada uh, where there's an outdoor game up there. Stadium series. Canadian teams. There's like at least one stadium series every year. Sometimes there are two um, you know, a couple months after the winter classic. So I, I don't know. I wonder if it's just like, well, there's so much outdoor hockey that it's kind of lost its specialness. Um, yeah. and it's also, you know, you talk to people like a lot of fans who, you know, are hockey fans, but also fans of other stuff. They're usually like, well, there's usually a good bowl game on TV. And I don't know if new year's day is hurting them, um, a little bit, maybe if they need to do something else, like maybe that's, I was going to say New Year's Eve, but that's um, that's that's when the playoff has been for the past little bit right. uh, on New Year's Eve. So I, I don't know, like it, it would maybe like a different time. Maybe uh, they need President's Day. Yeah, maybe maybe a different time would behoove them a little bit. It also didn't help that there's still a bunch of actually regular scheduled games last night. Um you know, you had Vegas and Colorado, which was a really good game last night. Philadelphia and Anaheim last night as well. So you had some other games on top of it. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I do think there's too many outdoor games right now. I do think they need to cut down on that. 
Um, you know, we, we just heard that Vegas and Seattle is going to be the winter classic next year. That one's at Seattle. Um, and at the same, like, you know, you love to see new markets get it, you know, just ask the Chicago Blackhawks. You don't want to see the same team every year. The same with right. the Boston Bruins now. <laughs> um, but it's also like, you know, Seattle versus Vancouver. It's like, does anybody really, is anybody really going to care about that matchup? too much outside of maybe those two fan bases like well and I wonder about that because I was thinking about the stadium series and we both went to the stadium series when it was here in Nashville last season and it was an amazing experience but I wonder if it's just you know the winter classic the stadium series are amazing experiences for people who attend them and they've lost that something something for people to watch them I don't know yeah well, it's also like our stadium series. It was fun to watch, but then it was also like Predators versus Lightning, and it's like there's not there's not a rivalry there. There's not no. like some long standing rivalry. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like it's it's tough because you want to see like the best players, like the best matchups, the ones that you're like this could be like a Western Conference Finals matchup, or this is like right. Stanley Cup, or these guys always have some kind of epic classic, or they hate each other whenever they play. You would love to see that, like when they did, like um, you know, they they did a, a year where it was like Flyers versus Rangers in the early, and it was just like yeah. every time they played, it was something crazy that happened. And there really haven't been any matchups like that in a while. But it's a tough balance because you want those matchups, but you also don't want the same same teams all the time. Um, and right. you know, obviously, like you know, if we went by you know what was going to be the best game or something like that, you know, the Lightning would be involved every single year uh the bruins would obviously you know they're involved every single year now it seems like but you know and it's just you don't want recycle but it's also like you kind of want a really good game yes and i you know and i just i understand from a business perspective why they're doing something like seattle to try to grow it and you know when we had the winter classic that was in texas you know maybe people thought oh you know southern market it's not going to draw a lot of people and it was a great event so i understand from a business perspective but i also think when you do it with a new franchise for instance like seattle you don't have that built-in rivalry yet you don't have kind of that thing that you're talking about that extra thing about it so it it sort of feels like oh it's going to be really cool it's an outdoor game yeah but it's yeah and I, and I, I hope they find a way to kind of keep it fresh because yeah. you know it's fun. You know, love outdoor hockey. Um, yeah. I loved when they went to Lake Tahoe that one year. I would yeah. love to maybe see them do maybe some non-traditional places like that. And, that was amazing. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you get the novelty back uh, that way. Um, let us know your thoughts. Uh, if you're on Twitter, tweet us at LO underscore predators or leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know if you have any ideas on maybe how to make the winter classic, get the buzz back, get the vibe back a little bit. Uh, we would love to hear it. Uh, and where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com, and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Uh, follow the show on Twitter also at LO underscore Predators. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. 
Um, however you're listening to this, whether it's your favorite podcasting platform or watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when we have fresh content for you. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.